The sermon for the 23rd week after Pentecost is from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 21, uh, verses 5 to 28. Uh, the sermon is entitled, Because Your Redemption is Drawing Near. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In today's text, as we end the church year, or we are near the end of the church year, uh, it is chock full of chaos and concern. Many reasons to be concerned, or as we read today, whether it be false teaching or nations rising against nation, uh, disasters, persecution, terrors, even family members rising against each other because of the faith, distress. All these, as Jesus would teach, would indeed take place. And there he would always also predict the destruction of the temple and also his final return. Of course, whenever we read this text, I think for all of us, we look at the end times and it's a moment where seemingly our transient or our temporary comforts are awakened and and shaken by these words of Christ. And in these words, there we find ourselves stirred up in the melting pot of fright and fear. Where the evil foe says, escape, escape, pack up and run for the hills. But the meanwhile, the Lord says, straighten up and raise your heads. Even in persecution, it's not a time of fright and fear, Jesus says. He says, it's an opportunity to speak the truth of Christ. It's a moment where Jesus is directing them by his word to be alert, to wake up. To wake up. To flee from the drunken dissipations of this life, to be sober-minded in the faith, preparing, anticipating for what is to come in the final return of our Lord. Straighten up, raise your heads. Yes, posture is very important. You know, my kids, They love to scare me. (laughs) And when they do, they're usually around the corner at the house waiting for me to come around that corner. And soon, it's usually my daughter who says, boo. Of course, she says it louder and more, more colorful. But, you know, in that moment of hearing those words out of great surprise, do you think my head is being raised and straightened up? Probably not, right? My body hunches over, my posture is out the window, and the last thing on my mind is not preparation or be ready, but rather, if you could hear me scream, (laughs) if you can imagine what that would sound like, that's what it probably is, but even louder, right? All the meanwhile, my daughter is laughing. And I always tell myself, next time, I I just need to be more alert. I need to be more ready. I think, similarly, that's what we hear in our Lord's Word today. We teach the disciples the same as the days are drawing near. 
Now, these things were taught as Jesus was only a few days there before his crucifixion. And he was giving them the lasting words of what was to come. The guideposts, right? The indicators, the signals that this would be of no surprise as these times would be around the corner. And yes, of course, the destruction of the temple 70 AD would actually come to fruition. And today, as Jesus not only speaks of the destruction of the temple, but now as he also speaks of the last day, this too shall come to pass. So there is no surprise. There is no wonder, no moments of deer in the headlights, because the Lord has laid it out for us. And by his word, there we have our anticipation, shaped by that very word, comforted by the promises of God, as we await, not curled up, not in fright and fear, not wondering what is happening around the corner, but rather with our, head, with our heads raised as we are straightened up in this posture of faith as we live right now in the redemption of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And yes, as we await what shall come, not what if or I hope it will. No, it will come. This is what we are waiting for, the final day of our Lord's return. But in the meantime, how easily we are distracted as our eyes close to what is around the corner, as we live in this world distracted by the weakness of our sin, how easy it is to be enveloped by our world today. You know, Jesus lays it out there. A lot of upside down things, doesn't he? False teaching, oh, that's happening today. You look around, false teaching is everywhere. And that's becoming the truth for everyone. Where strife, distress, nations rising above, we see it. Natural disasters, we see it. Even in your life right now, individually, personally, suffering, worries, anxieties, and struggles, and how quickly they envelop us, entrenched in them we are to the point where our posture starts to curl up. We forget what is coming around the corner. That is the word of God who has given us this very word. We are not straightened. We are not raised. And there we live in the daunting and trustworthy idol of fear. Fear is a great idol, isn't it? We see the present day, we see the trajectory of the future, and yes, fear arises, and there we, well, trust in our fears. But remember what the word says. Jesus says, not even a hair on your head will perish. That sounds good, Pastor. But, yes, the conjunction of disbelief. The conjunction that says, yes, Lord, indeed it shall be so, yet in the flesh, but I'm not so sure that in this waiting, in this faith, how quickly our posture of faith wanes how this conjunction takes over as we curl up and seek shelter within ourselves, hiding as our first parents had done 
after the fall. Yes, in these gray and latter days, the great temptation is to flee in fright and fear. That is to escape. To escape. And there we find our own disbelief. Shaped and defined by this disbelief, by our fallen eyes, defined by the shadows that surround us. It is of no surprise. Yet in our sin, in our disbelief, how the floodgates of fear is like a ravaging wave that has no slowing down. Well, that's what our flesh says, doesn't it? That's what the devil says, doesn't it? That's what the world says, doesn't it? There is no hope, the world says. And here we see the tension in the text. Yes, what shapes you today? What defines you? Is it your fear? Because fear will inevitably draw you to your carnal nature. Fear says what? You are all alone. You must fend for yourself. Even telling ourselves in this great fear, I must take the bull by the horns and figure it out my own way. Because there is nothing around the corner. Those are our words of disbelief. So what shapes you? I don't know about you, but when I turn on the news, the doom and gloom, the projections, the agenda of the world, the false things, the present troubles, the circumstances, and all these things, how quickly that idol of fear arises in my heart and mind. And here we see the text where Jesus says, all these things shall happen. It's of no surprise. But yet when it happens, how surprised we are. See, the word of God, this is what leads us. This is what Jesus is teaching the disciples. It's all about the word. They would face suffering. Disciples would. The faithful do. Yet even in the midst of suffering, Jesus gives them his word, his assurance, the great reminder that even when things are seemingly falling apart, Jesus says what? When people are persecuting the disciples, Jesus says what? He doesn't say run and hide your words. He says, no, this is an opportunity. When the world is against you, this is the opportunity to preach Christ. That the world, when all things surrounding you, this darkness, there Jesus says, straighten up and raise your head. No reason to run away. But yet we say, look, but how, Lord? Look what's happening around us. This is the call, my friends, to endure in the faith, to straighten and raise our heads as we continue to fight the good fight, persevering in the word as we are little lights of Christ in the midst of a dark world.
And to be clear, this is not you pulling up your own bootstraps by your own human reason or strength. It's not the legalistic call to wake up and smell the coffee, but rather it is because the subordinating conjunction. It's because. For without the because, there we would be left in our sin. Without the because, we would be left in eternal condemnation. We would be left in our fright and fear and even worse, despairing without any hope, eternal hope in the promises of God. And there we would fight without the because in our own losing battle of our own sin. But Jesus does give to us the subordinating conjunction, doesn't he? He connects those two clauses together, this cause and effect relationship, all by the great link of that word because. Because of the word made flesh, rise up and straighten your heads. Because your redemption is drawing near, rise up. Because through all things, all sufferings, all the disciples would face, all that you have faced and will face, we rest in the great comfort in the because. Because your because... Because, because is in the cross. You are shaped by the redemption. This is who you are because the redemption, they're the one Jesus Christ has paid the price for you. Because of what he has done, your sin and death has been answered for. Because of his grace making his way into this world, he has paid the ransom for your sins. No longer are you bound and condemned. You are set free because of the redeeming work of our Lord Christ who drew near to you and for you, taking upon this flesh for the sake of sinners, to die in the place of sinners, to die for you, all for the forgiveness of your sins. See, we didn't put that conjunction there, did we? Our Lord did. All credit goes to him who delivered you because of the cross. But not only the cross, but because of the resurrection. This is who you are. Because of the resurrection, our Lord has cast out every fright and fear in your life. Because you are with God by the gift of the resurrection. You have triumph and victory by this very promise. You are not wondering, but you are assured. You're not bewildered by the world, but you are certain because you are raised and straightened all by the empty tomb. And this is your eternal peace that endures forever. All in the work of Christ who has accomplished this for you. Yes, because of Christ, because of his death and resurrection, because of your baptism, robed in his righteousness you are, because of the supper, our Lord feeds to you his very body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. Because, because, because death has lost its sting. 
The devil has been crushed. Triumph is yours. And though you may suffer this day, and though you may even ask the question, why isn't God good for me? There you go back to this because, and you say, that's right. He is good because he has uprooted sin and death for me. So take heart because not a hair on your head will perish. Not even persecution will overcome you, but this will provide you a great opportunity to speak the truth in Christ because the truth has set you free. For indeed you are, as you are all assured by the because the redemption is surely drawing near for each and every one of you. And until that time comes, here we are in the word, the word of Christ, who has forgiven you of all your sins. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Sermon from Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.